episode 159. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, uh, Dharmic Evolution community page, really kicking it. You guys just keep on piling in. Uh, appreciate that. Love seeing all the content posted there. If you, Like I said, if you have content, if you have a new song, a new video, uh, if you have a new gig coming up, something... You know, let us know what, what's going on, man. What's going on? Put it up there. Don't be shy. You know, there's no reason to be shy. You're a singer-songwriter. Um, I had somebody on here who was so shy that they... I'm trying to remember what she said. I believe um, she was afraid to come out of the house, I think. <laughs> so, uh, and then she became a singer-songwriter. One of my most recent guests. I'm trying to remember who that was. It was pretty cool. But anyway, the big news is we hit another country. Now we're in 70 countries. And I was going over this list. And would you believe Cambodia is the surprise country with 82 downloads? I had no idea we were even in Cambodia. But, you know, I'm going to have to write a song. My old Cambodian home. Or something, you know, to, to commemorate this. This is really big news. Um, hey, if you know of somebody who is a serious... Uh, killer singer-songwriter, musical artist, let them know about this Dharmic Evolution platform and our ability to broadcast um, either their career or maybe it's your career. So you can easily sign up on the dharmicevolution.com. Just go to the website. Uh, there's only four tabs up top. Go to the guest tab. Just click that and everything's down. Just scroll down. You can fill everything out online and apply to be a guest on this show. Well, today we're in Atlantic, Georgia, with a very dynamic duo of singer-songwriters that have a wealth of combined experience from both the stage and in the studio. He has made hits and amazing songs on the production side as an award-winning producer. She is so tuned into her audiences, and I think she invented the live stream because she knows how to stream it. You know, mentally, uh, physically, knows how to get to people, and knows how to perform but together they've carved out something amazing and beautiful. It's the combined talents of Claire Pearson and Don McAllister. Yes, it's the Ormwoods. You better strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. The Ormwoods, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Don and Claire, awesome. I'm glad you Thanks guys are here. Us. Yeah, in, in old Georgia, huh? That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, excellent. ATL. Hot Lena. Yeah, you know, I, I can't believe, um, first of all, I love your music and the sound you've come up with. It's, um, it's, it really just grabbed me the minute I put it on and, uh, and just, it's unique, it's, it's dynamic and it's, um, you know, it just goes right to the heart, which I, which I love. And the fact that you did some of this recording in the bedroom, I can't wait to get into this story. This is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So unique, yeah. very unique. Yeah. So yeah, um, you both have such a rich, rich history of music. So um, why don't I start with um, Claire? Of course, ladies first. Um, Claire, you've been you've been doing the lady this. part is questionable. Oh uh, well, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, it's it, as long as it's a good story. Who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So tell me how it all got started for you musically. How did you get you know into this uh, crazy world of music? Um, did it start as a very young girl, or um, were you singing in church? How did it all get kicked off for you? Yes, on both of those. Yeah. I've always loved to sing. Um, loved singing in church. Loved singing in all the school plays. Loved doing community theater when I was a little bit older. Um, and then in high school, started singing with the band. And we were a blues cover band. Um, and then in college, sang with bands. And then when I graduated from college, decided it was uh, time to get a real job. Right. And okay. go be respectable. Um, and in fact, Don and I knew each other in that time period. And, you know, here he is an extremely successful producer. Um, but I never told him that I sang because I was trying to like have a job and, and be responsible. But after a few years of that, I thought this is terrible. I hate this. Um, so I started taking voice lessons just, I thought as like an outlet just for fun. Right. And my teacher was really encouraging. Heidi Higgins, she was just kind of adamant that I needed to learn to play the guitar. So I didn't learn how to play the guitar until my 30s. Um, and that was so that I could accompany myself. 
And so then, you know, I guess in the last decade, I um, performed as a solo artist and um, put out two CDs and then ended up hooking up with him. And now we're on our second CD, so yeah. a lot of music making in the for last sure. 10 years. <laughs> sure. Wow, so let me ask you, just, just to circle back to that, so where did you get that voice in your head that said, you got to get a real job? Because we all get that, you know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. like, all of us yeah. grew up with that, like, nah, you don't take this seriously. I mean, I had a bad dose of that, so what happened with that? <laughs> I think that I just grew up from, like, in, like, a really, like, normal kind of family, like, my mom was a school teacher, and my yeah. dad was in the military, and I lived in the suburbs, and, like, no, like we didn't know anybody that really was a professional creative person. You know, it right. was fun to do, but it never felt like that's um, a legitimate job, yeah. if you will. And then um, when I was in college playing with some people, you know, the lifestyle is really hard. You're up late and all kinds yeah. of parties. And, you know, I, I sort of was just personally getting to a point of like maybe getting a little bit tired of that of that grind, you know, if you will. And, and thinking that maybe having a real job would be more settling down. Grown up yeah. And, yeah. Doesn't you know. that suck? I mean, pardon my yeah. language, but <laughs> it's like, come on. Hey, are you yeah. from the South? Is it, is it Claire? Are you like, did you, cause you said you grew up singing in church. Did you, mm-hmm. were you, did you, were you raised in the South? I was raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, okay. Which, so it depends on where you are, but that's the South for me. I'm in yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, it's so. geographically <laughs> right. the South. Geographically the South. Once I came, I went to University of Georgia and then yeah. ended up, I've lived in Atlanta since finishing college. Um, you know, Florida doesn't have the, the Southern culture necessarily that Georgia does. It's a lot of transplants and a lot of, of Northerners. So I, I did grow up in the South, but I don't right. know that I was steeped in some of the the traditional cultural issues. Um, like maybe my kids are, um, who are growing up in Atlanta. Yeah, I just have such respect with, um, you know, I've had so many people on this show that all like grew up getting their chops in church, you know, and, yeah. and like it's yeah. just such a great place to, um, I guess to just like really discover like who you are because um, you're just encouraged to let it go, you know, just yeah. let it out, you know, and, and I think that's awesome. So Don, tell me about you. You've, you've worked with Sister Hazel, Sean Mullins, Third Day. I love that band. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Those are great guys. For yeah, sure. I just yeah. love their music so much. Um, yeah. uh, sometimes I'll say that my music is almost similar because I am a Christian artist, but I do kind of both sides of the coin. But when I saw that, I sure. was like, wow, that's really awesome. So you've been, you've been doing producing, you're a multi-instrumentalist. Um, how did it all get kicked off for you? I think, uh, I mean, like most guys who do what I do, I was in a band in high school and college and, you know, was started as a musician and we, my band needed to make a demo, you know, when I was 17 years old. So I was like, let's just borrow a four track. And Right. I, the, the, I remember the day I borrowed a four track for the first time. I stayed up for, I only had it for one day and I stayed up 24 hours straight. Like I did not go to sleep. <laughs> the fact that I could layer tracks on top of one another was just mind blowing. Was, so, was that a cassette or was that a reel to reel? It was cassette. Yeah. yeah. It was old school. The TIAC yeah. 144, I bet. I, might, I think it was a Fostex. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah. Close. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was, that changed my life. You know, that day. Yeah. Definitely did for sure. I went to college briefly to UGA as well, um, not at the same time as Claire, but um, I was there for two semesters and dropped out and just started making music full time. You know, as I worked with, did demos for my band and then, you know, we had friends who were there like, can you do ours? And sort of, you know, slowly but surely the ball kind of got rolling and I got busy enough doing that, that I felt like it's something I just had to try. Yeah. And so so we, believe and So you started, did you start in bands like right away? Like just, you know, you had the bug to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I've been a musician, you know, wanted to be mm-hmm. since I was, you know, old enough to remember, you know, 13 years old or something. His, I think I got my first guitar. So. His yeah. mom was a singer, too. Yeah. So he oh, grew really? up going, what was the group that she sang with? Uh, Sweet Adelines. Like oh, really? Oh, awesome. Choir, yeah. 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 So there was always a lot of music in my house. And um, yeah, just from the second I picked a guitar up, I knew, you know, I loved it. So so, so you were encouraged to... to yeah, well, I think... Initially, I was encouraged because it was a hobby. You know, I think once I started to get serious about it, my parents began to get a little bit concerned. You know, like, uh, can you make a living doing that? You know, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I I literally never wavered. I knew from the time I was seventeen, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And yeah. Back then, there was no school for it. You know, you, you couldn't go to full sale. So 
right. I just bought some gear and started start playing with it and learned how to do it and kind of self taught myself, you know. Yeah. And back you know. then he was cutting tape. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. for people who don't who don't really understand what that looks like, you're yeah. like literally cutting tape and putting it together and yeah. start I mean it's kind of incredible where technology has has gotten. Sure. It really sure. is. The first yeah. time that ever happened to me, I, I had bought like um you know, I'd seen this guy work with me for, and I remember he started with his eight track and the little mixer and I was his electrician. I kept coming in and doing sessions. The first time he got his studer, which was the two inch tape and he took out a razor oh, yeah. blade and cut it and I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. I said, dude, yeah. I could barely afford to buy the tape, let alone you're cutting that up, you know, let alone the yeah. studio time. But exactly. yeah, it was, it was, what a skill that was though, you know, like how yeah, you it, could do that, you know? It used to be, you know, I mean, it, I, to be honest, I think it's kind of becoming a little bit of a lost art. I mean, you still have to sort of have a talent, but the the gear is making it a lot easier to do than it used to be. You used to like really have to know a lot of things yeah. you know, pretty well. And um, so I, it was fun, you know, back then to be able like to get good drum sounds back then was really, it was like a climbing a mountain, you know? And, right. And uh, now it's sort of like, ah, it doesn't matter. We'll just replace them, you know? So yeah, it's a little bit different world now, but um yeah, I, I kind of miss those days, to be honest. Cutting tape and yeah, you know, working on the well, big consoles and all that. There was something about um, you had to have um, I don't know, something about the performance with with tape was like, um, you know, it was just so real. There wasn't any tuning. There was just like you That's had right, to show yeah. up with your best self, you know. And and when you got those performances, it was like, wow, this. Listen to what happened this time. They didn't happen all the time, but um, you know, when they did happen, it was so special. It's magic. Yeah, you just couldn't exactly go right. and tweak things like you can today. You know, moving parts exactly. around, and you know, it just didn't yeah. happen that way. Hey, um, yeah. let me ask you about the name, the Ormwood. So, how did you guys come up with that name? <laughs> well, Claire actually, I think, came up with it. But uh, okay, I, I, um, I sort of had an intuition prior to any of this happening that I was gonna have a duo called the Ormwoods. Uh -huh. I didn't really know what that. I didn't know more than that, but when I was a solo artist, I sort of had this feeling, um, and I, my, so we live in a neighborhood called Ormwood Park. Okay. I live in a neighborhood called Ormwood Park in Atlanta. Um, it's downtown. And, um, I sort of had this idea that it was going to be, um, a variety of musicians from the neighborhood that lived in, that was the idea. So, um, Don and I were friends a while ago and then we, life happened and lost touch. And then there was a night where I was playing um, with Heidi at the Red Clay in Duluth, which was right near where Don lived. And he saw it on Facebook, and he was he called he Facebooked and said, "Hey, are you are you still there?" And I was, and I'd already gone home. But that's how we reconnected after. Yeah, so I called lots. her that night. I called her. We hadn't talked in fifteen years, and we talked all the way home. And you know, it was sort of an instant like, boom, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. And so it it coincidentally um, happened that Don was moving and he had rented an apartment in Ormwood Park, which was um, where I live. Yeah. And that was not a, a planned thing. So he yeah. ended up becoming my neighbor. Like literally we could walk to each other's houses very, very close. Yeah. And so when he started, we started hanging out and just writing songs and playing covers and just, you know, hanging out. Um, it occurred to me, I'm like, this is the Ormwoods, that, that little intuition that I right, had. right. Um, and it was cool because he actually did live in the yeah, neighborhood, fulfilled it. Yeah, you know, like cool. every, everything had happened. And so we were thinking about, Hey, if we were to perform, what would we call ourselves? And we weren't sure. And then I, I threw it out. I was like, I've sort of always had this idea of the Ormonds and he immediately, yeah, I was like, that's it. That's he's got perfect. it. Yeah. yeah. And then, and our neighborhood's really cool and it's been extremely, um, our neighborhood's a little bit like Mayberry. We live in the middle mm -hmm. of Atlanta. Nice. Um, in the middle of the city. Right. Um, but we have such a tight-knit community. And, and we're um, super supportive. It couldn't be a better place to live. And then the fact that we've ended up now doing both albums here, the Bedroom Sessions we recorded in the bedroom, um, and then our latest album, Not Your Mama's Folk, um, was recorded in what was our living room. <laughs> and then it became <laughs> a, a it makes it even more special that we're called the Ormwoods because yeah. really this is sort of it's all like yeah it's it all been, happened here yeah and it's it's such a stripped down sound which I love because it really gets into the uh, the nuances you know and the sensitivities of your music which is just awesome so why don't we take a slice here and I don't know if I have the title but is it melt with stomp because it's abbreviated 
Melt W dash Stomp. So it, <laughs> you know I, I want to get the title right. <laughs> it so it's called Melt Again. We probably sent you our internal file. Okay. And didn't change the name. <laughs> so it's Melt Again. Yes. Yes. We'll and that's it. off our um, our latest release. Not your mama's phone. Awesome. Let's play it right now. Here's Melt Again. This long cold winter's lasted far too long. My friends all say that I should just move on Forgive, forget, let go of what went wrong And try to see the light I'm waiting on spring Blooms and butterflies stealing a kiss Under the moonlight I'm waiting on a spark See the fireflies light me up, get me on tongue tied. I'm wondering when my heart will melt again. I started wearing my hair a different way, and covered up old paint with new coats of. Focused on two kids, so three hearts don't I'm trying to see in the light, I'm waiting on spring Blooms and butterflies, stealing a kiss under the moonlight I'm waiting on the spot, I see a fireflies Light me up, get me all tongue-tied I'm wondering when my heart will melt again I'm wondering when my heart will melt again Cause frozen isn't really who I am And broken was never in my plans So I'm picking up the pieces The best way that I I'm waiting on spring Blooms and butterflies Stealing a kiss Under the moonlight I'm waiting on the spot I see a fireflies Light me up Give me all tongue-tied I'm waiting on spring Blooms and butterflies Stealing a kiss Under the moonlight I'm waiting on the spot I see a fireflies Light me up Give me all tongue-tied Melt again. What a great song. You guys have such a, a pure sound. So so this is part of the bedroom sessions, no? This is actually part of a, a record that we literally just finished um, called Not Your Mama's Folk. Okay. Um, and uh, Bedroom Sessions was our first album we released last year. Okay. Um, yeah, so this that's, I think, probably going to be the you know the lead track of our, our new record. So. It was fun. We just filmed a video for it this weekend for Melt um, with... Uh, Nashville director Carl Diebold, who's amazing, yeah, he's awesome. and um, we weren't planning on doing a video for Melt this weekend. We had another song we thought we were going to be doing, and when he heard the song, he said, "I wish I would have brought my snow machine." <laughs> and the guy was like, "Snow machine?" And he was like, "Yeah, if we had a snow machine, you know, we could film this video with snow." And so, two hours later, Don's driving through Atlanta traffic on a Friday. Got a snow machine. Bought a snow machine. <laughs> brought it back to the studio. Um, Suka artist. Development Studios is where we were filming it, and um, I'm sitting on stage, and I, in fact, I have an Instagram photo of just sitting there in fake snow filming this video. So, yeah. so, so it's actually like a snowblower. That that kind of is it. Is that? Yeah. What you, oh, okay. But it's not cold snow. It's a uh, synthetic snow. Right. It's right. like is it dish detergent? I mean, it sort of looks like yeah, dish soap. Sort of oh, okay. Soap or right. Cool. Yeah. That must so be fun. Just on me. We should put it up in the bedroom. I think you know. Just like prank it on every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fun. 
Hey, so, so tell us about, I'm, I'm interested to hear about the bedroom sessions. So how did you come up with this idea? I think it's very cool. So um, one of the things that's, that's fun fact about me and Don is that he's got, you know, thousands of hours of studio time experience. And I have thousands of hours of live performance right. um, experience. And so for him, the live performance piece has always been a little bit of the... It's like a you know new thing for me. I'm, yeah. I'm behind the glass, not... You know, right, not okay, gotcha. So, you know, he's yeah. like figuring that piece out. And I, before meeting Don, I didn't have a lot of studio time at all, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when we were initially trying to record, we were going into a studio... Yeah. And um, I, I just quite frankly hated it. It was not a positive experience for me. I felt really uncomfortable. I didn't feel like I was singing well. Um, and I think that, you know, we were still sort of feeling each other out. He wasn't quite sure how to approach that process. So With Claire, yeah. So, I mean, having, you know, done as many records as I have, I sort of realized pretty early on that, Claire wasn't ever sort of going to get her best stuff in the studio. You know, we needed right. to like do it somewhere where you felt comfortable, like a kind of a safe place, you know, or at least a it, creative place. For yeah. Um, so Claire, so were you just reading was, the energy of the, uh, you just taking in the energy of the crowd? Is that what fuels you and I puts you really at ease? I like to perform live. Oh, okay. I, I, when it comes to performing live, I, I do think there's like a flip that switches. Right. And I just sort of go somewhere else. I'm not necessarily like once it's on, it's on. And um, there's an energy of the crowd that I really like. There's a feeling when there's lights on you. Yeah. That I really, there's something that happens physically for me where I am not thinking. Right. Um, I'm, I'm very much feeling. And in the studio, I was thinking. I mean, I remember one time yeah. I turned to him and I was like, I feel like maybe my tongue was was too far behind my teeth when I was singing that. And he was like, oh my God. He was like, you cannot be thinking about where you're coming if you're recording. So I think that he kind of, it just wasn't quite doing it for me. And so what happened was he set up his rig. And I don't know if this was intentional or not, but he did set, so, so he did not live here. This was my house. But he was bringing stuff over and it was in the bedroom because that's my favorite room in my house. And that's where, you know, we would, um, kind of hang out and watch TV or whatever. Um, and so he was setting things up gradually. And then one day I was sitting on my bed, just sort of playing guitar. I was working on a new song and it wasn't even a song meant for us. It was just a song I was writing for me. It's called year of mercy. It ended up on bedroom sessions, but I remember Don just brought a microphone right in. Front, like I was still sitting on the bed and he just right. brought everything over and he was like, so we're going to record that now. <laughs> and I was like, it's not even done. And he was like, yeah, it's done, and, and we need to record it. And so um, we got a scratch. Yeah. And then he did something that to this day, like I just it blew my mind. Um, he pulls out a dulcimer and sitting on the bed records the entire song that I had just, just written and that really he'd heard maybe twice. Right. He recorded a perfect and gorgeous dulcimer track. And then he picked up an acoustic guitar and he played a perfect and beautiful acoustic track just sitting there on the bed. And then he was like, okay, let's sing it again. And so I just sat there and was kind of in awe of, A, his gift for just, you know, being able to do that. And then I think we got sort of the performance, like like sitting there in, in the bedroom singing yeah. was a completely different experience for me. It's just a comfortable place. You know? Yeah, like, right. You're not exactly what she said you're not thinking about. Is that the best I'll ever sing that line or, you know? And I didn't actually think it was going to go on an album, too. So I think there was no, like, no it didn't feel formal. Yeah. And then we recorded Hey Babe. That was, I think, kind of the defining moment where you decided we're just staying here. We're not going back. Yeah. she sang, You sang that lead vocal on Hey Babe in one one take. It was like, okay, really? we're rolling, and three minutes later, that was it. Yeah. Wow. No edits, no cuts, no tuning. That was like... That's because exactly you just wanted it. to get the hell out of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually in the bedroom. That was yeah. in the bedroom. That was the second one that we did in the bedroom. And I think Don, at that point, sort of as the producer. Yeah, I was like, this isn't how we need to make this Right. Yeah. Sure. yeah. It works. So it works. And it's fun to record in your underwear, too. Yeah. <laughs> Super comfy. Whatever <laughs> makes it work, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's play another one. This one is called Nowhere to Go by the Ormwoods. Three, 
discovery, one year of recovery. We had a song to sing, two voices found a thing. Both been lost, but since been found. Both know how the cold hard ground hits you back, but once you fall, you've already lost it all. Nowhere to go but up, nowhere to go but up. Pray heaven opens up and holds us. Nowhere to go but up, nowhere to go but up. Pray heaven opens up. When you're trying not to swerve, started when you touched my curves. The truth was speaking through two hearts you never knew. One dream could be chased alive, hand in hand, side by side. We're running in my dreams, we're running happily. Nowhere to go but up, nowhere to go but up. Pray heaven opens up and holds us. Nowhere to go but up, nowhere to go but up. Pray heaven opens up. Nowhere to go, so I that that one ended so quick. That was a 141. <laughs> I was jabbering away. <laughs> Tell us about that song. So so why nowhere to go? Um. Well, that song kind of has a fun story too because that started with um, a hand clap pattern. The okay. Bump 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 bump. Okay. And so we sort of had that idea. Claire was just sitting at the table like doing that one day. Bump bump. And so nice. um, when we perform it live. I like to do that with it, with the vocals. Right. Um, the bedroom sessions was very much our story. It was um, all the songs are are taken pretty much straight out of my diary, and they are um, about the the ins and outs of our reconnection. Right. So for this album, when we started writing it, I think we both thought we were going to be writing an album again, sort of largely based on us. Yeah. Um, that's not exactly how it turned out, but this was one of the first songs that I wrote. Right. And um, the nowhere to go, um, but up is the is the final part of that chorus. This idea was like, okay, we we've both had marriages, we've both had failed marriages, we've both had careers, we're both sort of resetting in terms of this Ormwoods thing is a new deal for yeah. him being in front of the glass and for me, you know, being in a duo versus um, Right. Um, so this idea of like the sky is the limit, you know, here's yeah. the, the first lyric is a uh, one year of discovery, one year of recovery. Um, we had a song to sing. Two voices found a ring. We just got married in July. Congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Did you guys Thanks. know each other in high school? Not in high school. Okay. No. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but we knew each other in our early 20s. Yeah. So. Yeah. So how, just being in the same proximity, the same same town, or like, how did you guys meet? Same town. We had sort of a okay. circle of friends, you know, yeah. that we both ran with, and, and right. um, you know, every time I would see Claire out, we always like always had a connection. Uh, we'd always our friends tell us now we'd always end up holding up in a corner talking about music or right, you know, just hanging out together. Um, so the stars we was out, so. were just not aligned yet for you guys. That's right, and they yeah. finally lined up. That's yeah, really awesome. Exactly I, right. I'm very happy yeah. for you guys. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we have a um, we have a moment one night. Don, we were, we were in a bar, and um, I just chalked it up to Don being very drunk. But six weeks before my wedding, Don was like, "Do not marry him," and um, <laughs> and I did, and then we never spoke again. Really, you know, Don was invited to the wedding and he didn't come. Right. And it's not that I didn't like him, um, right? Because and, I did, and just, he was in a relationship. I just felt like he wasn't like I just the match didn't make sense to me. Right? Yeah. And so wow, intuitive, right? Yeah. That's why he's a producer. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like one of the first, first conversations that we have, and we reconnected. It's like, hey, remember that night? <laughs> yeah. I it's told a you. In, <laughs> it's, it's a lyric in a song called "Back to You" um, yeah. on the bedroom on sessions. the bedroom sessions, yeah. um, but it was sort of that pivotal. You know, there was kind of a moment, I guess. Yeah, and when, um, when we did finally reconnect, like, Claire, you know, brought that up. And, you know, I guess it had kind of always stuck with her in some way. You know, like, you know, you called it way back then. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. But things have a way of coming around, don't they? That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. But I, have, I got two really great kids. Um, oh, really? Awesome. That, For sure. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. that are lucky. They've got their dad and they've got Don. And um, both of them are great guys. So that's good. That's yeah. fabulous. It all worked out. Yeah. For the best. We're not sure if they're folk, indie, Americana, country, or could they be indie Americana? Whatever it is, it's unique, honest, and engaging. Right back to my interview with Claire and Don right after this. Are you a singer, songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career. If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world, well, look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Your artistry can be featured around the world on the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Both shows are international radio, TV shows, and podcasts. Go to the jamesoconnoragency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. Hey, tell me about, um, are you guys gigging presently? Um, like, what's your schedule for, like, with the plans for the record and everything? Do you guys get out a lot? Or, like, what's, what's, your, what's a day in the life like for the Ormwoods these days? We, at least, like, lately we've sort of been hunkering down trying to finish this record. Right. Um, and as Claire said, we just shot some videos for it this weekend. So we've sort of been, like, crazy busy. Production. Like, yeah. In produ- production mode. We had, a, that, so. we had a show at Eddie's Attic. Um last Sunday night yeah and we'll to kind do, of celebrate the local release of it mm-hmm. yeah. and we'll do um play a part in an event happening at Red Clay but then probably what will happen is we filmed three videos so we're trying to just right now kind of stack and get stuff ready to go right um we're playing the 30A Songwriters Festival in okay. January uh-huh that's down in Rosemary Beach that's a really big festival so I think our goal is we're we're sort of lining up our winter spring tour schedule right last year we toured um the midwest yeah and and most of the south um to support the bedroom sessions so we're planning on doing that sort of circuit again um the bedroom sessions got really great radio play on the west coast so i think that you know we would love to be able to get out to california or radius oregon California were really good to us. Yeah. Um, right. And we just weren't able to quite, you know, we don't have a fan base out there as of yet. Yeah. So that was, that was a hard trip to make. Um, but I do think that we would love to be able to, to add that to our, our list of places to go yeah, to sure. support yeah. this album and, and hopefully, you know, get the same warm welcome that we did. Yeah. With I the love the fact concession. that you, um, that you guys tour like in the South and Southwest in the winter, <laughs> do it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of Always going to Canada in the winter, yeah. you know, <laughs> not sure. that there's anything we would wrong with that. really like to go to Canada though. In fact, you yeah, know, sure we, we've had so many people tell us that Canada supports our kind of music. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it. We've had a ton of guests on this show from Canada, all over Canada, and I, I just yeah. love that country. I mean, there's so many great yeah. people. Hey, yeah. you also founded uh, Atlanta In Town Songwriters. Is that right, Claire? I did. You did? I did. That's amazing. So tell us about that. So I did that because I had, um, I took a few years from when I had a, a, my second child. I decided that sort of being on the road every weekend and touring and doing that was difficult. Yeah. Um, and my older son was getting, you know, it, it's one thing to pack them up and they can just sit there, but when they start really getting curious and mobile, it's, it's difficult. So I started um, working with a publisher in Nashville right? and as a writer. And so I was writing commercial country music um, for a couple of years. And that experience was so amazing uh, for me. And part of what I really got was that community that Nashville has yeah. in, within the writer's community, you know? Right. Um, people go out and support their friends. People go out to shows, um, and everybody's sort of scratching each other's back and listening and, and hearing and co-writing. And I really 
desperately wanted to be part of that on a deeper level than what I could be, but I lived in Atlanta. Yeah. And and I got to a point of of realizing no matter how many times I drive back and forth, no matter how many trips I make, I, I'm not from there. I don't it's live there. It's yeah. still yeah, it's not the same because these riders go out every night, you know? Yeah. Um it's a it's and you kinda have to be in that circuit was what my observation was. Yeah. So I got really inspired. I went to a conference and saw Ashley Capps um, speak. He was the keynote. Okay. And he's the founder of Bonnaroo. Oh, okay. And he is in out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. And he's still out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And he's I, I just love his company and, and everything that he's done. And he talked a lot about um, the reason that he stayed in Knoxville is that you, you make things happen where you are. Yeah, and so I sort of left that conference thinking I could try to to have a role in making this Atlanta community. You know, it might not ever be like Nashville, but there was no network. You know, when I was um, coming up, the R and B hip hop community is tight. Yeah, um, and I and it's really I big there, right? In Atlanta, it's really, it's really yeah. big. And you know, I told you I was taking voice lessons. I was working at a Jan Smith Studios, and she's the vocal coach for Usher and Justin Bieber and. I, I saw firsthand that that community is tight, but there was not that sense of tightness for singer-songwriters. Yeah. Um, now, Dawn's, Dawn's era, you know, I was just a little bit behind Dawn. There was. You guys had a tight network of yeah. all these people, you know, and, and they've all done extremely well, but, but they were out of that Decatur Atlanta scene. Yeah. But right by, a while in the early 90s, there was an amazing acoustic scene. Like, you know, the Indigo Girls kind of started that, and then, you know, Sean Mullins and... Michelle Malone. Later on, yeah, Michelle Malone, John, John Mayer. Mayer. Yeah. Um, Do you ever get like, out to, um, Don, have you Chris- ever gone out to the Durango Songwriters Festival? No, I haven't. Yeah, no. that's, a, that's a good one. It's, um, yeah. They, yeah, they get some really, I mean, Big Al Anderson, Jeffrey Steele's been there a bunch of times, and um, uh, it's small, you know, but um, the last time I went, I think, was the last time they actually had it in Durango. They moved it over to Boulder, and I think it's in uh, every October. Yeah, and it's good. It's always like less than two hundred people, so you really get to you know network cool. and you know yeah. shake some hands and get to know people and yeah, yeah. So that's it, very they, cool. they have tremendous value these songwriting. Um, oh, for so, sure. Yeah, you know, the one I, we went to was amazing last year. Um, we went to Americana Fest. Yeah. Oh, did you? And it's exactly same. You know, very similar thing. Like very supportive, small group of people who all you know are supportive of each other or supportive yeah. of that kind of music and. You get to like really, you know, hang out and go have dinner with other artists and other writers. And, yeah. Um, so, Claire, so, is this a lot of work to to keep this together? This songwriters is it? You know, it has been. I just recently have passed the baton um, because right. our schedule has I'm been. So um, yeah, we got really, really busy, and then with touring, and I sort of felt like I was dropping the ball a little bit um, with just trying to manage everything. And so, I ran it for five years. And right. now I'm in that process of turning it over to somebody who's just going to be more local and grounded and here every day yeah. to be able to do the workshops. But but the goal of the group really was and still is to nurture the talent that's here. Yeah, You know, one of the other things that I really saw when I was in and out of Nashville is almost everybody I would meet had Georgia roots, right. which I always thought was fascinating you know like they they grew up in georgia and then you moved to nashville yeah um there was a lot of that so there's a ton of talent in georgia it's just the community um for for this type of music is a little bit um scattered i think partly because everyone goes to nashville right um so yeah i think you told me like you sort of the idea was to try to keep some of that talent here you know like have a, a supportive community here where we have our own sort of you know Smaller thing, but kind of, you know, just a community going on where we all go see each other's right. shows, listen to each other's Co-write. Music, like, co-write. Right. Co-write right. And, and support each other. Right. I mean, I think that's important, too. You know, the venues have to, they don't want to book people that can't fill seats. And so, yeah. you know, the venues need help as well. And so being able to have a network of people that you can, you know, even if it's not our show, we go out and support. Help each that other. That helps the venues. That helps other people get booked. Yeah. Hey, let's play Take Cover right now, everybody. Here it is, the Hornwoods. You made me question my own faith, dropped to my knees, thought my faith was weak, cut my roots off in tiny pieces, so nobody could reach me. I didn't know what had hit me, till it was too late. I didn't know I'd sold my soul right out of the gate. 
But I'll find a way to take cover Take cover, take cover From the storm that's coming my way Take cover, take cover Take cover from you I know you're wrong, I know that I'm strong Only a weak man would have taken this long You say you love me, but it's just cause I'm gone And I don't dare believe you Now I know I'm the only angel to help you out Now I know how low you'd go To try to drag me down But I'll find a way to take cover Take cover Cover. So tell us about Take Cover. What What's the story behind that one? Claire, can you share? Yeah, Take Cover. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, so Take Cover was written about this idea of if you've ever been in a relationship where you're constantly kind of walking on eggshells, constantly like feeling like the other, you know, you just never know what's going to trip the other person, what's going to, you know, make them set them off. Yeah. And, um, and sort of that feeling of needing to, uh, you know, like shield yourself, like, you know, it, you know, that storm is coming and you just gotta, you know, take cover. Right. Um, and I had a relationship in my life that was very much like that. Not Dawn. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't, you wouldn't be sharing Dawn. your headset with him if that happened. Right. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> not, not you. But what happened was as we were know kind of connecting I was watching this other person start to really fall yeah and um you know it's kind of a what goes around comes around yeah. karma kind of thing if you believe in that um and so there was a sense of me and like at the end the lyric changes to take cover from the storm that's coming your way right you know sort of seeing all these pieces of of this person's life start to crumble a little bit um right. as a because of his behavior you know yeah. as a result right. so yeah. So now that person needs to take cover. So right. that's the idea behind that song. And I really like the production of that song. That was a song. Do you remember making that song? Mm, yeah. I really, there's that heavy keys in there and it has the snaps. It has that sort of, you know, awesome. this, this album has further defined our sound. Right. But I think in the bedroom sessions, you know, there's some songs that are really sort of stripped down and there's some songs that are fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were, as we were making that record, we were really experimenting, kind of trying to figure out what is our sound. You right. Know? And we're, we're a duo, so we didn't want to like put full drums in there or anything like that, or we were trying to avoid that. Right. But we still wanted to have some kind of, you know, something to drive the music, yeah. some kind of percussion. So we experimented a lot with, you know, organic percussion sounds, stomping and snapping and, um, when you, like go, when you guys go out, do you go out um, strictly as a duo or do you go out with uh, other pieces at times too? Or like what you... Okay, mostly as a duo. Occasionally, yeah. uh, you know, like recently we had an amazing, amazing cello cellist play with us um, last great. week at our Eddie's Attic show. Oh, nice. Yeah, she was incredible. Erica Ransbottom was her name. And, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've had a, a guy play some hand percussion with us a few times, but Dave we really kind of just try to keep it. Uh, Claire does a lot of percussion. She covers a lot of ground on her own. She right. stands on a stomp Don, box. Don and... built me a stomp box. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then there's a, but 
a, I used to have a foot pedal tambourine, which then one time I kicked off the stomp box. Fell off of, yeah, that was a, Wow. So then I, um, I put a, a we, now I have a tambourine that I wear on my shoe. Yeah, you're I doing like the Marcus Mumford thing. Awesome. Do you do it all? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, she's got a washboard that she works yeah. on. So, yeah. It's, it's well, fun. I mean, your sound is so is so pure um, as it is. I mean, it th- sounds like, you know, less is better with you guys. Because between, your, your, between your vocals. Yeah, that's a lot of Claire's influence. Yeah, and yeah. your vocals and your guitar playing is just, you know, it just sounds like, wow, it doesn't need anything else, you know? That's good to hear. Claire's aesthetic is very, very, very stripped down. Like, she, she yeah. wants everything taken out. She's always like, mute that, mute that, mute that. Um, and I've come to find that she's usually right, you know? Like, yeah. I'm resistant at first, and I'm like, okay, well, let's hear it, and I'll do it. And it's like, wow, that is more kind of compelling, you know? When there's more just, air like, is better. Stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> what she said. It's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm a believer in negative space. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and it's negative. It's, it's the space between the notes. It's the space just as important as the space of the note. And I agree I, wholeheartedly. I'm a big big guy for that too. It's like you know, embrace the space. They say, feel the spaces, feel the spaces. You know. Well, right, yeah. and and that's true in art, and I think like in cooking, you know, like a good piece of steak doesn't right. need a whole lot done to it, right? Yeah. Um, if you're br- if you're bringing out the steak sauce and all the other stuff, it's like yeah. we missed something here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a... Better cut of meat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's sort of what we're striving for. But it's been fun to, you know, John is so credentialed and he's has worked with so many amazing people. And then here I am, like, kind of a little peon. And then when we were, well, I mean, you, you're in your wheelhouse. And so then when we were producing, I really appreciated on the bedroom sessions, he would listen you know, it was it was easy to work with him because he knows how to embellish everything and, and make everything big. And then that first time where I was like, Can we mute that? Yeah. Can we mute that? You know, right, and I right. and and <laughs> there was a moment where he could have sort of pulled rank and been like, No, I know what I'm doing. Um and, and he never did. He was like like what he said. He was like, Okay, let's try. Yeah. And then when we would do it, I do think, you know, I wanna just give him credit for coming around to that sound because it's not your natural aesthetic but i yeah. do think it's um becoming more of of how you hear us for sure yeah the way it's a mark it, yeah. of a good producer though i mean i mean it's always you know you put everything in and then you know the talent is when you keep taking things out now and just That's, yeah it's you know, keep what peeling it back until you finally get to the essence of oh, oh there right. it is now That's it's right. sparkling it is, you know <laughs> it is exactly right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure yeah that's that's awesome. So you guys, do you consider yourself um, Americana, country, kind of a slice of both, or, or uh, well, not country? But rock, how would you folk? describe us? We're sort of we're we're fumbling with this a little bit right now. Yeah, what do you, what would you say? I think it's to me, it's sort of Americana folk. I think um, mm-hmm. you know because you're. Not, I don't think I don't hear you as country mm-hmm. at all. Um, yeah. You got your own sound, which I like. You know, it's like. You know, it's it's hard to, um, and we all kind of do that systematically. I guess we've been it's been beat into us. Like, what genre? You know, like what's your niche? Right. What's your micro niche? You know, you have to do that. But um, yeah, yeah. But I would say I would say Americana slash folk. You know, which mm-hmm. is which yeah. is cool. We've almost you know? sort of for this album been playing with just indie folk. Yeah, um, that that works. You know, yeah. Um, that's why we called it not your mama's folk. I mean, yeah. <laughs> one of one of I was heavily influenced by folk music growing up. Um, heavily, heavily influenced. Yeah, I love folk music. Um, I love the sound of it. I love the narrative, you know, lyric telling. I, I love all of that. Um, but when we went on tour last year, one of the things, especially when we went to um, folk conferences and and those types of things, is we did start realizing we don't really fit in this box. You know, like yeah. we consider ourselves folk, but but we don't fit in this box. Um, and and how does that work? And how do and how do we write for that? And we you know have always been really true to we want to write music we would listen to. That was our yeah. number one rule we made before we even started bedroom sessions. Yeah, I'd been writing music for other people. He'd been producing other people's music. Right. We sort of felt like if we're gonna do this, let's do it for us. You yeah, know, let's yeah. Just, let's make it. Let's just make let the songs be what they want to be and then we'll figure out which box they get put in. Right. There, right. You know, if, yeah. If they have to be put in. Right. The box. So yeah. we've stayed really true to that, but, but there is, when you start to try to, you know, you have to label your album for distribution, you know, you have to sort of yeah. put yourself in that box. Right. And it's like, wow, what box, what yeah, box are really we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's the For challenge. Me. You know, it's like in yeah. the studio, it's like, I always say the song knows everything and it teaches you 
like how to pull it out of the ether and make it manifest, you know? But then, but then you're right. You have to go and say, I have to be pragmatic about this because there's a business I have to deal with. So right. I have to yeah. like narrow it yeah. down and find out where do I, you know, where do I put, what shelf do I put this on, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. exactly right. I, I will say that something that makes us really feel good is that we do um, appeal to a wide audience. Right. And I like yeah. that, you know, I have a 13-year-old and I hear him and his friends sometimes walking around this house singing these songs, yeah. um, which is kind of fun. Um, and then we've, we've had some folks at our shows that are like in their late 60s, yeah. Yeah. 70s, yeah. um, that are coming out to an Orphanage show. Right. Um, and if you look out at the crowd, you know, there's really, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture. It's a, sure, yeah. It is a it's big cool. mix. And also a lot of people will tell us, they'll say, um, and this was part of the Not Your Mama's Folk, I don't like folk music, but I like y'all. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. I don't, I, I don't like folk, but I like y'all. And so this idea of you know wanting this album to really speak to that—that that if you like folk music, we think you're going to like it. But it's modern, it's modern right. take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like folk, check us out because maybe yeah, you'll like what we're doing. Right. Yeah. And for you folks on who's going to check this out on our YouTube channel, check this out now because this is called "Hey Babe." Here's the video. with the best of them. I love that. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. So tell us a story behind that, Claire. Hey, babe. Uh, yeah, that's a good story, actually. It is a good story. So um, my plan in life was after I got divorced, I was going to raise my kids and get them to college, and then I would worry about boys. Like I had no interest in 
like zero interest in dating. Right. Um, which is where Don says he kind of like snuck through the cracks a little bit because yeah. because I knew him. Yeah, yeah. we had that you know? sort of past. So you had a friendship, sort of which is important. Yeah, yeah. we, we right. reconnected just over the years, and then this weird coincidence that he moved to Ormwood Park. Yeah, you know, just gave us proximity, but it didn't start off romantic in, until we had a night where it was right. romantic. Right. Um, and that was an unexpected evening, which is really what the second verse is um, in that. And so then I wrote, I wrote it all out in my diary, and then I actually recorded it. I had the melody, and I emailed it to him, and it was originally called Dawn's Song. Just recorded on a laptop. Right. Remember, she emailed just me one early, like, 10 o'clock one morning. I got this email called Title Don Song, and it was her recorded on a laptop. It was really, you know, intimate and intense. And yeah. I remember you called me and was like, I've never had a song written about me before. Yeah, it was wow. Really kind of a, it was an amazing experience. It's very actually. flattering. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. It's, it was, absolutely. And it was sure. scary to do that, because that, I mean, that was kind of in the beginning, and it's like, I did not know if he was going to, like it or not, I, I like to sort of singy talky and have that stripped down acoustic. And so for Not Your Mama's Folk, we actually found that original file right. called Dawn's Song. And we put it as bonus content on um, the album. So the very first recording of Hey Babe is on yeah. Not Your Mama's Folk. And we forgot about there was a third verse. And it's a verse that yeah. got cut at somewhere. We cut it. Or yeah, I cut I it. I don't know. Remember. Right. I, but neither one of us even remember that existed. So when we went back and re-listened to it, we were like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you trained that mute button to act on its own, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Hey, listen, we're, we're at the end already. This went way, way too fast. But um, yeah, I just want to, you know... Uh, just tell you guys before we go, give a shout out how we can support you guys. Uh, Don McAllister and Claire Pearson of the Ormwoods. How can we support you? you can you give your website or where should we go to buy your music? Would, find out. We would love you? for you to go directly um, to our website. We've got um, super cool t-shirts and tanks that um, are Bella and canvas. They're awesome. We've got our latest album out which right now we're selling a limited edition. It's the one with the bonus content I just told you about Excellent. with the Hey Babe. And that website is www.theormwoods.com. Excellent. Um, and Ormwoods is O-R-N-E-W-O-O-D-S. Yeah. You guys um, rehearse well together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we would love for you to pick up our latest album. We also, you know, what we need a lot of help with right now is people adding our songs to the Spotify playlists. So if you've got listeners that are on Spotify, our newest album is not yet up um, okay. because we're sort of in that soft release. That's right. why it's a limited edition right now. Um, but Hey Babe and Bedroom Sessions is up on Spotify and. That's been great for us. When people have added, usually it's Hey Bay when they add that to their playlist. Yeah. We've really been able to get new new listeners to discover us, yeah. which has been enormously helpful. Excellent. Yeah. We'll do that. And we'll put all your social links. We're connected now on Facebook and Instagram, of course. So we'll awesome. be buddies on that. We'll be putting you out there. And uh, I'll be in touch with um, uh, the YouTube show, too, which will come out in about two weeks. So uh, okay. that'll, that'll be awesome. awesome. But uh, I just cool. want to thank you, Don and Claire. Thank you so much for the stories, the great music. And uh, congratulations on the marriage. You know, you guys are you guys are kicking it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's been a good year. Yeah been a very good year yeah. all right we'll see you well, thank soon. you all right yeah thank you so much do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world the music is so inspirational including tracks such as i want to be loved state of grace and ride on James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes. CD Baby, Amazon, 
jameskevinoconnor.com Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today by James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Melt again. Nowhere to go but up. Take cover. And the video, Hey Babe. Hey Babe hit number one on the folk charts for two straight weeks in 2017 and has been charting all year long. Back in the studio recording the follow-up to the bedroom sessions, doing videos, working on promotion. That is a day in the life of the Ormwoods. And don't forget to tune in to both Instagram and Facebook. Say hello to the Ormwoods. I just did. And you can now check out the songs and interview on DharmicEvolution.com. Check out their show and blog profile right now. Claire and Don are now on the site, and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about the Ormwoods and their music. Also, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. You'll see them up there in full-blown video in about a week from now. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Why just settle for the map? When you welcome to the territory Just discovered where it's at Now I need to study the geography Of my soul You said you're on the same path To make a new discovery And now you know there's no turning back It was there